0: Welcome to Cowboy. Well we're just out there trying to get all the all the cows in order and and, and the sheep all rounded up so that everybody can just kind of keep the ranch
1: moving. Maybe produce some new
0: things. How you doing out there, Maya? You staying warm?
1: Um not really, but I am doing well and I loved your metaphor for what's going on in schools right now. So I'm excited to talk today.
0: It's a tough time of year, first off. Everybody in education always knows as you head into February, if you make it through February, the year is complete and, and it's hard on students, it's hard on kids. And, and last week, we talked about the situation facing schools with substitute teachers and maybe reinventing and, and looking at that. And we really felt like the, the horses still had a lot of giddy up and we, we felt like we needed to kind of continue this conversation maybe in a different direction. We came across an article uh, about the flexibility of schools, which kind of went, you know, the title of that article is teaching must get more flexible before it fail before it falls apart. And so we're gonna just talk about a couple ideas out of this and, and go where the horses go, but thinking about how do we make change. And everybody out there knows that change is hard. Change is hard at any level, and to make true systematic changes. Uh, becomes, everybody gets very territorial and, and holds on to what they know. And and that's not saying anything bad about anybody. All of us do that. And so we're going to kind of hopefully take some points from this article and create a discussion about that. So we're all excited. And just the luck of the, the internet, if you will, helped us out with a, a great article to look at that. So it passing This article made a you know everything else has seen revolution changes, flexible scheduling, um, giving more free time to employees, all of these different kind of things. More remote work, all of that. But we work in a different beast. We work in in a place where parents trust us with their kids, so we we have to look at that a little different. Um, and so they just had you know they surveyed teachers and that flexible scheduling was the number one factor that would keep them from leaving education. Flexible scheduling. Not more money, not smaller class sizes, not all those things that we kind of hear, but the idea of flexible scheduling. So let's just hit that right right out of the gate here. The horses are bucking now, Maya. When you think about flexible scheduling as an educator, what does that mean to you?
1: Well, I think about it in, a, you know, just like a business, right? And you're talking about, you know, variation of hours, you're talking about employees working from home, you know, different ways that the structure can be put together to get the job done. And if you take that idea and you lay it on education, especially K-12 schooling, 20 problems right off the bat, right? About you know, think about if you like change the hours of um, when kids went to school, right? It would just, it would be so, so difficult for people to adapt to some of that flexibility in that way. So I think that there's things that need to kind of stay locked in place, but we also need to think about it extremely differently so that, People are engaging in the education process in a way that isn't draining them, you know, of everything that they have. I think one thing the article brings out, it mentions that when everyone went to remote schooling, that they weren't doing all of the other things teachers do. No one was standing in hallway duty. No one had to watch the lunch line. And it provided a little bit of space for teachers to you know, collect their thoughts, plan what they were going to talk about next, take a break, eat lunch, right? How many K-12 teachers eat lunch in five minutes? And they realize some of the things that their job was demanding of them that they probably didn't really like. So I think, you know, you're asking me what does flexible mean? And I really think in this situation, it means looking at what is happening in schools and trying to think about it differently with those people in mind, right? What do they need to be able to make this a really enjoyable experience?
0: You bring up such a a good point about what COVID showed us. What, when we went into the pandemic, it did shift a lot of things and it made a lot of people in education really, really think that. As you were talking about, you know, teachers not having to do lunch duty and not doing hall duty and not doing playground duty and before school and after school and bus. and. On and on and you start to compare that to another to another job and you start to think about it in context of maybe a banker and the bankers aren't out you know weed eating the yard aren't you know shoveling the snow on on their on their parking lots those things the doctors aren't checking everybody in uh at the doctor's office the doctors are doing their job and and they're allowed to take a breath between patients and and those kind of things. And so figuring out how to do that becomes the amazing struggle. And and what I really did appreciate uh, about this article and and don't want to, don't want to steal any other information just to make sure that this article was wrote by Simon Rodberg and, and hopefully he'll get a chance to throw some comments in here after, after the podcast goes live. But The idea that, okay, here's kind of those structures that we have to work with. A four-day week for all schools would give a day for teachers. That would be great, but it would put a a definite issue for parents to face. So that's not always going to be the option. So working within the confines of here's the schedule. We pretty much go to school from eight to three or four. And so how do we work within that schedule to create more flexibility? Not Just roll education up in the air and let let it come down as a whole new beast, yet. But how do we get there? How do we? And so, how do we create that flexibility in the schedule? The idea of every teacher has a flex day every week, and your class sizes would be slightly raised, but you would have four teachers um, in a group, in a core, if you will, that are rotating around, working with students, covering. And one teacher is always one teacher always has a flex day, and that flex day might even change throughout the course of a month or a couple months. So maybe it rotates. Uh, in my in my group, I have a Monday, then a Tuesday, then a Wednesday, then a Thursday, then a Friday. And what that allows us to do is a a mental health day, but it also allows us to plan uh, doctors and and all those things. You know, call the mechanic, all those things we have to we have to do in life, without creating a burden on subs without creating a need for having to force or find all these other people and making teachers feel bad about leaving their, their class or their students or those things. So it, it wasn't that part of it. I, I really like the, the idea of a four-day week, a four-day week for teachers, but a five-day week for school and teachers are moving through that. So can you think about that, Maya? You see if you're that that person on the other side, and your horse is maybe a little bit older and you've been your saddles a little bit more worn, why don't you like that? what's the what's the negative of that?
1: Well, James, I think the negative is the perception of you know, changing the tradition of school. And I think that you know, it's really hard in education to make big changes that disrupt that familiarity of school. You know, I, people, parents, people in the community, leaders, right? We have superintendents and principals and that have kind of gone up through the ranks in school and they're comfortable with the way that it is. So change is uncomfortable to people. And Tradition is really deep in education. And, you know, it goes from that very, you know, like how the bells are set or how we always started a particular time in a particular district. And, you know, it's it's challenging to think about it differently. So I think perception, tradition, and the willingness to change are all of the barriers that you have in, in putting an idea like that in place. But I think we have to break away from that and think about how do we make this a, you know, functional place for people? Because, you know, I I don't have the same stressors in higher ed. And I was thinking about that in terms of like, I don't feel like my job is not flexible and I have opportunities throughout my day that are, you know, downtime, or I can choose what I do, or I can get that phone call in because my day isn't structured in that same way, minute to minute to minute, you know, my classes are set. I have, you know, my calendar is completely full. However, I have the ability to move through that calendar in a really different way than a K-12 teacher. And I think that, you know, that, that ownership of their schedule or that ability to, you know, put something in at the last minute that they need to take care of is what's missing. And I think that if we can think about it in that way, we can break some of those traditions and maybe make education a much better experience for teachers so that they're not in a space where they're weighing their options, right? Is this worth my time? And I think all that is, is giving them a little bit of control over that time. But there's a million ways you could do that. You know, you're talking about one day off. What about, you know, we, they all have a prep period at some point in the day, but what about teaching in the morning or teaching in the afternoon and doing other things, you know, throughout the day? Like there's ways to really think about what teachers do in their job. We don't have to you know, here's your teacher, here's your 25 kids, and you never can be separated from each other, right? I mean, that sense of all on for teachers is a struggle. And I'm wondering, because you're in the classroom every day, do you feel like you have to be on every minute of the day? Am I understanding? Like, am I perceiving that correctly?
0: Yes. I mean, to answer that is straightforward, as as I can yes and we I mean I look at teachers and rightfully so in a way uh, from the time the bell rings we're expected to be in the hall uh monitoring kids making sure nothing is is brewing as they pass between classes uh so just in that sense or that little tiny piece to prepare for the next class you in a way are either preparing at the end of the class you just ended or preparing as the class is walking in because immediately for that, whatever, three or four or five minute passing period, you're out there, you know, all hands on deck, keeping an eye on what's going on. Uh, and and so, yeah, the day goes, you're, I, I hate to say it, but you can read about it all over the place. I mean, from scheduling your lunch to scheduling your bathroom breaks, it is very uh, a unique situation that puts a lot of demands on your mental state your your time all those things. And and I love the idea when you say can we look at this, you know, differently in the idea of teaching in the morning, teaching in the afternoon. And in one of those pieces I do think we all can possibly agree to is teaching remote all the time is is not the best option for the vast majority of students. But using remote learning opportunities mixed in with the daily schedule, weekly schedule, monthly schedule is not a bad thing because we are preparing students for that. They are going to have remote opportunities. They are going to be in an office, out of an office, in an office, out of an office, and and, and still collaborating. So teaching them how to learn, work in those situations is would also be beneficial. It, it, it's just, you know, and, and going back to this article that kind of bridging from last week, it's not just if teachers leave. We've got a lot of important people that are doing lots of, you you brought up principals. Principals do an important job. They're getting burned out. I believe the the stat that just came out here uh, in the last month that uh, two and four principals are ready to be done, ready to leave. So that's going to create another vacuum, another void. We start looking at uh, office staff here's the part that I think is almost like students and students struggle with this question. So maybe teachers would, I think about myself, but asking them, what would a good schedule look like? What would the schedule that, you know, you're going to, you have to, you know, you want to be able to teach this, this content, you'll be able to cover it be able to do these things. But, how would you build your personal schedule and taking some of those pieces and getting their input because i think on the other side it makes me sad but sometimes really good at complaining and not liking what's happening but not offering a solution either and so what what does that look like i don't know but let's ask each other let's find out what these options were that you know would make my day you know, a chance to have a few or take, go to the bank or, or do those things that we need to do. So what's your experience been with when you actually get to the point of putting educators or maybe even putting some of your pre-service teachers on the spot and saying, what does this look like? That's going to keep you in the profession.
1: Well, historically we do activities in class that you know, our future thinking, right? What would your classroom look like or how are you going to do this or that? And, you know, I haven't had an opportunity to really engage them in, in what does it need to look like in order to change, you know, this phenomena that's happening right now. But I think that would be an amazing thing to do. And I think even with educators, right? If a district was thinking about really thinking about making change to stop the just I'll call it a phenomena, the phenomena that's happening with teachers burning out, changing careers, you know, getting frustrated, all of these things that are happening. If they were serious about that to, you know, have some activities with their teachers where they they did design sprints or had, you know, just talk sessions to come up with really, you know, unique ideas because I think you're dead on. We don't ask the person who it's affecting, you know, what those solutions are. We think we can fix it, right? And ISIS We is like the big education realm. But you know, you come in and you're like, oh, we need to do this or we need to do that. But do you? And how do you know you need to? Because we haven't talked to teachers. So I'm all for that. I'm a huge advocate of of the teachers working on this problem and and coming up with something that works because it needs to work for them. And yeah, I I think that, you know, you just gave me a great idea, right? Of an activity to put into a teacher prep class. I think that it would be amazing to see what they think because they haven't really entered a classroom yet. They don't have that, that feeling of being all on all the time. So, but yeah, I think those perspectives would lead us in a good direction.
0: Well, and you think about that, they, they only have a mild bias. They only, I mean, the mild challenge for them is they they went through education. So the the jury has been influenced by what they experienced, but they haven't felt that pressure of, you know, how am I going to get this done? How do I get that done? Do um, I take a personal day just to get some of these things done? Uh, it, it definitely is is an interesting question. I'm anxious to hear the answer from your students, especially that'll be maybe a follow-up episode with a couple of your, your students to share with everybody out there. You know, for all of this, there, there, there are ideas. There are possibilities within what we, what we currently do without tipping, you know, tipping the apple cart completely upside down and, and maybe taking some smaller steps to get there from uh, how we, how we group kids to grouping them, uh, instead of, one to 25 with a teacher, that there's more of a balance with that. Maybe it's smaller groups. Maybe it's using technology. Uh, Rotating teachers around, creating a coaching staff, uh, a teaching staff of three or four, one of those teachers moving. All those are ideas that we can do without hiring more staff, with what we uh, have in place at school and work to keep the staff we have growing learning inspiring and staying uh, not looking for well is this really worth it and so just like that even when you're out there on the pra- on the prairie riding the horse sometimes you get you get some some saddle sores but is it enough to just bail off and throw the horse in the in the ditch i don't think so i think you you figure out you readjust and maybe get a different saddle maybe stand different in those stirrups all those things lead us to keep pushing forward so with that uh, our horses are kind of tired now so cowboy Ed, just came to an end head him up head him up head him up move him on cowboy Ed on the run